0: Hey, listen, like uh, Kayla said, my name is Abe, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here on staff at River Point and at West End Church. Specifically, I got the privilege of leading uh, West End Church out there inside of the Loop in Houston. West End, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there with you guys this morning. I would love to get in touch with you, grab a cup of coffee or some lunch if if it's your first time there and you're visiting. But for now, please make uh, contact with Tanya Whitaker. She's our executive pastor, and she would love to meet you out there in the courtyard at West End. And uh, listen, we're in this series about anxiety. I know, that's a bummer, right? way to start a sermon. We're in the series about anxiety and it's called Keep Calm and Carry On. But here's the thing, it doesn't have to be a bummer, right? Uh, We know that there are all different kinds of ways that we can navigate anxiety, that we can confront it. But here's the thing, we are way too anxious. Am I right or am I right, right? Uh, We have so many different reasons to be anxious nowadays. And and if you're under the age of 40 or 40-ish, the truth is our culture and our society is so aware of our emotions. There's all different kinds of words that we can use to describe how awful we feel. Uh, if you're a boomer, uh, you had sad and mad and that was it. Okay. <laughs> Nowadays we have depression, anxiety, fear, all different kinds of things. And I think every once in a while, we've just got to laugh at some of the things that make us anxious. So that's what I want to do this morning. That's how I want to start. We're going to play a game called raise your hands. If this makes you anxious, can we just practice a uh, Go ahead and raise your hands. Maybe raising your hands makes you anxious and I've just I've triggered you, that's my fault. Over there at West End, I've triggered you. Here we go, raise your hand if your birthday makes you anxious, right? We have a few people, okay? Uh, the rest of you guys just love attention and you're very self-seeking. <laughs> That's the truth. I got to break it to you. You guys don't celebrate a birthday. You celebrate a birth month and you just parade around the entire month like a peacock and you just soak up all of the attention and the gifts and the adulation and you just love it. But for the rest of us, I know that there's someone out there at West End that you... The thing that mortifies you is a group of people circling around you to sing happy birthday, right? That just sounds awful because you're all out of pitch, okay? Unless, unless it's Liz or over there at West End, Nikoya singing happy birthday to me, I don't wanna hear it, right? Uh, and here's the other thing. I know some of you guys are so thoughtful and you tried your hardest and you spent a lot of time on Amazon picking out a gift for me, but please don't make me open up my birthday gift in front of you, because what if I hate it? It's awkward. It's making me anxious. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. How about this? Uh, Someone calling you. Does someone calling you make you anxious? I know it makes me anxious. Here's the thing. Why? Just why? Did you know that text messages are the most God-inspired form of communicating? It is, okay? It's God's blessing for our entire generation is text messaging. Here, let me prove it to you. God can communicate with us any way he wants. He could speak out loud to you every morning and say good morning if he wanted to communicate with you. But you know what God did instead? He wrote the longest text message ever okay, for us to read. And if it's good enough for God, it ought to be good enough for you, okay? Now, here's the thing. I know some of you guys are old school and you're like, Abe, I just want to call you because I want you to hear my tone and the way that I'm saying it so that we avoid misunderstanding. I get that, I get that. Here's the thing. I would rather misunderstand you and be offended. Just let me read it, okay? Let me read it. We'll figure it out. I promise if there's a misunderstanding to be cleared out, we'll figure it out via text. Anyways, uh, here's another one. Choosing a Netflix show to watch. You sit down in front of the television. Does that make you anxious over there at West End? Raise your hand if it makes you anxious. You sit down to relax and pick a television show. And next thing you know, an hour and a half later, you have watched zero television. It's just right, 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 right. <laughs> Anyways, what about this one? Uh, does Sunday nights make you anxious? Okay, this is an actual thing. Raise your hand. Uh, it's called the Sunday night scaries. And it's because people are dreading Monday morning so much that on Sunday nights, they just get uh, anxious a little bit. And then finally, uh, Tinder and Bumble. Raise your hand if that, yeah, no one's raising their hand for that one. Over there at West End, we have all, our, uh, all of our users on Tinder and Bumble, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. Anyways, uh, listen, we have so many things in this world that make us anxious. And I think every once in a while, we just gotta ask ourselves why. Why am I so anxious? Why are we so anxious? And to you, that may be an insensitive question. Maybe you're thinking, Abe, that's, that's dumb. Like, why would you even ask me that? Of course I'm anxious because my job is just awful. My job is awful. That's why I'm anxious all the time, that, you know, it's just, I'm stressed, my coworkers, my boss, or, or, or this, or my uh, finances are struggling, of course I'm anxious I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make it week to week and put food on the table or, or this my marriage is hanging on by a thread right well it's that simple I'm anxious because my marriage is struggling or, or maybe it's this maybe my health is not well or maybe my candidate uh, didn't win these are all reasons to be anxious for I, I understand it I get it right these are things that that that, that trigger all of us and and we get stressed and we get on edge. But here's what I wanna challenge you to do. It's the same thing that I've challenged myself to do. It's to not take the answer to that question, right? Why am I anxious? To not take that answer at face value, right? Sometimes we have this bad habit of just being so superficial and we just think, hey, it's black and white. It is what it is. I'm anxious because of blank. And sometimes when I sit there and I think about my answer to that, I say, well, I wonder if there's something else going on here. I wonder if there's something that's more underlying happening uh, that I could actually address, but I'm I'm not giving myself the opportunity to address it because I'm just taking this at face value and I'm just being so superficial with it. Could it be that there's something about your anxiety that you've gotta take responsibility for, that you have to own up to your own anxiety, right? That you can't just look at the world and blame other people or external circumstances all the time and for that i want to turn to god's word here and we're going to read about this man named david now david was the king of god's chosen people he was a brilliant military tactician he was a general not only that he never just sat from his ivory tower he got his hands dirty he was a mighty courageous brave warrior and king david is the kind of guy that heroes are made of right but even he struggled with anxiety and what we're about to read, he's expressing in this prayer, this song, if you will, to God, he's talking about all the different things that are happening in his life. And what I like about this book, okay, you may not believe what I believe to be true about this book, that this is the ultimate truth that, that God has given us. Maybe you just think it's, it's a good book, but not a great book. What I love about it is that the people it's filled with, you'd be shocked to know, are just like you and I. They go through things just like you and I. And we can learn from just practical decisions that they make, regardless if you're a person or faith. If you follow suit with just some practicality that's in this book, it could change your life. So here's a, here's a couple of, of things that we could draw from it. We're gonna to turn to Psalm chapter 139 and read the situation that David is in. And you're gonna be able to pick up the fact that he is a little anxious, that he's fearful. Okay, first statement out of the gate. This is a conversation between David and God. David says, oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. When was the last time you prayed for God to destroy someone? My gosh, here you think you guys come before God and you think you have to be all prim and proper and David's like, no, no, forget that, destroy them. He's having such an honest conversation. He says, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you, O God, your enemies misuse their name. He goes on to say this, oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? This continues, he says, yes, I hate them with total hatred if it wasn't clear. For your enemies are my enemies. So David is on edge, don't you think? He's here. He's just like, God, kill him, kill him, kill him. He's going in, right? He's stressed. He's anxious. He's fearful. He's depressed. He's angry. He's frustrated. Run the gamut of all the negative emotions that you and I have. That's what David is feeling. But look at the very next verse. The very next statement in David's prayer is this search me, O oh God." He goes from this bloodthirsty prayer to saying, search me, O oh God, and know my heart, and test me, and know my anxious thoughts. He pivots. David goes from focusing on all his enemies, on all the external factors, all the things that are, that are causing him to feel this way, but then he pivots, and he turns on a dime, and he says, search me, O oh God. That's David's way of saying, hey, Lord, right now, I'm under the gun. I'm up against so many different things, but search me. God, is is there something within me that you can do, that you can show me, right, to help me remedy this situation, despite the fact that the world around me is falling apart? He goes on to say in the next verse, he says, point out anything in me that offends you. That's such a vulnerable statement. That's a vulnerable prayer. He's saying, God, the world is against me. I have enemies left and right, but even in the midst of this circumstance, will you point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life? What David is showing us, what he's exemplifying, is that though we can be in the middle of a storm, though we can be surrounded by enemies, inevitably what we should do is ask God, Is there something within me that I can change to deal with the anxiety? Or is there something within me that I am doing to cause the anxiety? Now, let me be straightforward over there at West End. I'm not about to suggest uh, that you do uh, the following things as a silver bullet to your anxiety and that it's going to work 10 times out of 10. There are situations in our lives that we will face with anxiety that there's nothing you can do about. There are situations that that you're just stuck with, you're straddled with, and you're going to feel anxiety, and you're going to fear, you're going to feel fearful, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? You just got to trust in the Lord. But there are other situations where there are things that we are inflicting upon ourselves. And what I want to teach you is this anxiety diagnostic. When the check anxiety light goes off in your life, and you start feeling like the walls are closing in on you, I'm gonna walk you through a progression to see if there's some of the anxiety that you're experiencing that you could actually avoid, that you could actually do something about and remove from your life by something that you can do yourself. How can you take uh, accountability over your own anxiety? So here we go, we go back to this question. Why are we so anxious? And the first step in the progression is this, maybe I'm anxious, because I lack integrity. The word integrity means to be whole and undivided, right? And when I think about my personal integrity, my character and all the different uh, uh, character traits that contribute to my integrity, I like to think of this as the structural integrity of a building. My wife and I went to uh, New York City a couple of weeks ago. We love New York City. We go, uh, we try to go at least twice a year. And for the very first time, even though this was our sixth time there, for the very first time we went to the Empire State Building. And we went all the way up, all 118 floors of this place. And as I was on the elevator, I couldn't help but to think that this place was built in 1930. In a year and 45 days, okay, this was a project that was rushed. Okay, out there at West End, our coffee house, it's taken years to build. These guys built the Empire State Building in a year and 45 days. And what I I kept thinking is, man, I wouldn't trust a surgeon in 1930. I wouldn't trust a mechanic in 1930. I wouldn't trust a bartender in 1930. And here I am, I am trusting an architect with my life. I'm climbing up this building that was built in 1930. I couldn't believe it, but let me tell you something about the Empire State Building. That building has structural integrity. There's not one part of that building that is out of place. There's not one essential rivet that is not exactly where it needs to be, or else it wouldn't be standing after all this time. It wouldn't have stood the test of time and all the stress tests if it didn't have structural integrity. And it's the same, with my integrity, right? I think about times in my life where I have lacked integrity, where I've lacked work ethic, or I've lacked loyalty, or I've lacked honesty, all the different things that that, that make us people of integrity. When I've had a a part of my integrity game, right, that needs to be shored up, that needs to be worked on, I self-inflict all this anxiety because when life puts pressure, all of a sudden I begin to feel anxious And it's not because of the circumstances per se, but it's because there's something within me that's not right. I'll put it in layman's terms and give you guys some examples. You cannot ask God for peace in your marriage. Okay, you can't ask God for peace in your marriage if you're scared of what would happen if your wife goes through your text messages. That is an anxiety that you are self-inflicting Right, because of a lack of integrity. You could do something about that kind of anxiety. You cannot uh, pray for God to give you peace in regards to your business when your business is fraught with shady practices and rounding errors. You can't, because there's something that you could do about that. You could, that that's, a, that's a cause of a lack of integrity. You, you can't pray for God to give you peace at work in, in, in your relationship with your coworkers If you are contributing to a culture of gossiping and backbiting, right? You're kind of feeding the fuel of your own anxiety. You're the cause of that and it's because there's a lack of integrity. Here's one more example. You cannot ask for God to give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. When you wake up every Sunday morning and you put on a cowboy's jersey, you just can't do it. You can't do it. You can't. It's not going to (laughs) happen. You could take a horse to water. Oh my goodness, here we go. Don't get offended, I'm a Dolphins fan, so I'm right there with you, (laughs) right? I know, I know. Anyways, the point is this, in all seriousness, you can't ask for God to give you peace when your life is in pieces. You can't. You've got to pray for God to make you whole, to be people of integrity. This is my second step. Maybe I'm anxious because, or, or here we go, I'm so sorry. I skipped over the most important part, which is God's word. This is what David says about integrity. He says, God, guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame for I take refuge in you. And he goes on to say this, may integrity and uprightness protect me. Now, David struggled with his integrity. If you know David's story, he went through a period of adultery, of murder. I mean, he went through some really dark stuff. But at this particular point in time, when he writes this in Psalm chapter 25, David knew that he could ask God to protect him and to guard him because he says, God, may my integrity keep me upright. May my integrity protect me. Here's the point of that. When you have integrity, you can ask God to do what only he can do because you are doing what only you can do. God cannot give you integrity on your behalf. So here's the second point. Maybe we're anxious because we lack inspiration. Now, uh, inspiration, it means to literally breathe life into someone or something. That's what inspiration is. And maybe we are feeling anxious because we lack inspiration. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Abe, you're wrong. If this world has anything, it has tons of inspiration. Abe, I could get on Instagram right now and watch my favorite influencer, pump me up for 30 seconds and I'll walk out of here wanting to run through a wall. There's so much inspiration. I could watch a Netflix documentary uh, for an hour and listen to someone's story about how they overcame and be plenty inspired. And here's where I would challenge you to think differently. I need you to know that there's a difference between motivation and inspiration. Motivation is different than inspiration because motivation uses external factors external uh, rewards. Motivation dangles a carrot in front of you to get you to do what you need to do or want to do, to get you to perform. It's your boss saying, hey, if you meet this quota, you'll get X bonus. But then you meet that quota, and what incentive do you have to go above the quota? You're like, sorry, dog, I got my bonus. I'm good. It's your personal trainer or your friend who likes to work out, saying, hey, look at this guy with abs. You can look like him. All you gotta do is not eat Whataburger, it's simple. (laughs) And for the next week, you do it. You avoid uh, the drive-through at Whataburger, and you're pumped, but on the sixth day, you lost all motivation. You wanna know why? Because it's trying to motivate you from the exterior, from the external, from the outside, and those things only last for a short season because they're connecting with the external. There's only so many carrots that someone can dangle in front of you to get you to do something. Inspiration is different from motivation because inspiration connects with something on the inside of you. And it doesn't focus on the external, it connects with something that's eternal. And when you talk about connecting with your spirit, with your soul, with your mind, with things, all these abstract concepts, but that we know are there, whether you believe in God or not, we all acknowledge that there's something more than just uh, uh, flesh and bone, right? When you have that, then all of a sudden what you're able to do is you're able to ward off anxiety more effectively. In fact, I would say that things that motivate you cause more anxiety because once you realize that that only works... For a season, then you're left high and dry and you feel like you need something else. But inspiration connects with the inside of you. And how do you get inspired? One way that I know that you can get a weekly dose of inspiration is by doing what you're doing right now. Why do we do this? Why do we gather together? Why do we sing together? Why do we sit here and listen to God's word? Well, it's because there's something inspirational about that. There's something inspirational about that why do we push you guys to join small groups to get in a circle and to make friends it's because there's something about being in a small group and hearing other people's story about what god is doing in their life or hearing about their struggles that creates this spiritual synergy that that is restorative and therapeutic there's something about that we need inspiration in this life without inspiration we'll have a really hard time fighting off anxiety and when we choose to opt out of inspiration then we're bringing that upon ourselves so i would challenge you to continue doing what you're doing right join a small group get in a circle i promise it will change your life this is what uh psalm 25 says it's this story uh, uh about this author it's actually psalm 42 and for some reason the author of this psalm was not able to to gather in community around God. He was not able to attend church, if you will. And this is what he says about that situation. He says, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. So how was it? I used to walk among the crowd of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. So this author, he is lamenting the fact that for some reason or another, we don't know why, but we can speculate as to why he wasn't able to go to church. He wasn't able to worship amongst other believers. And he says, my heart is breaking because he was missing the inspiration that came from what we're doing today. What I love about the Bible is that even though it was written thousands of years ago, it still has a way to be relevant. And it wasn't that long ago that we couldn't do what we're doing right now, that the doors to this church was closed, where we couldn't gather with one another. And it's heartbreaking. So now that we can gather with one another, let's not miss out on that. Let's not miss out on inspiration if we can help it finally the last step of this anxiety diagnostic is maybe i'm anxious because i lack intimacy with god when i talk about intimacy with god i know that that may sound like a weird way to phrase it um, but intimacy with god all it means is spending alone time with him right it's it's cutting out all the distractions it's closing your door behind you and just saying all right god for a set amount of time, right, that, that's up to you. For a set amount of time, I'm just going to spend time with you. Now, if you're not a person of faith, that can sound really weird. Okay, I admit it. But even you can admit that there's something really special that happens when you just spend some time on your own in silence, right? Studies show us that, that meditating, journaling, these are all things that are, are game changers. These are things that impact our mental health they are helpful. They're therapeutic. They're restorative. And I believe that that the best kind of quiet time that you could spend in your life is with God. Saying, God, for now, it's just me and you. But can I tell you what is killing our intimacy with God? And in fact, I'll go one step further. It's not only killing our intimacy with God, but it's killing our intimacy with our significant others. It's killing our intimacy with friends. Can I tell you what it is? It's, uh, it's this $1,000 piece of technology here, okay? This is, my, uh, this is my little example. This right here, it's known as an iPhone. This is a $1,000 shock collar, okay, right? And, and you put it in your back pocket, right? You put it in your back pocket, and everywhere you go, it shocks you, right? Literally, it goes buzz. And everywhere you go, you're with your kids, buzz. You're in school, buzz. You, uh, you're at work, buzz, 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 buzz. And it always reminds you what you're missing out on. It always reminds you that you ought to be doing something else. And it always reminds you that someone else needs your attention. Now here's the thing about this $1,000 shot collar that we carry in our back pockets. Some genius thought it would be a good idea to create another $1,000 shot collar that would actually go on your wrist. It's called an Apple Watch. And the Apple Watch now enables you to be buzzed here and buzzed here. And everywhere you go, you're just getting shocked. And it's killing our intimacy. It really, really is. Because it's distracting. But someone told me about this thing. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so it's an app. Well, not really an app, but like a function on your iPhone. I never knew it was there. If you have an iPhone, go ahead and take your iPhone out. If you have a Droid, you could take it out too. But... Uh, I don't know if this works on, I don't know if this works on a droid. I'm not, I'm not taking shots. You can take your droid out too. I just don't know if this, what I'm about to show you, I don't know if it, the function is on uh, the droid. So just take it out. And then uh, what you do is hold it here and your right hand, take your left hand, take this finger, your pointer finger, and your thumb over there at West End. Go ahead and do it with me. And what you do is apparently you squeeze these two buttons and this thing, you just swipe right. You believe that oh my goodness I know I know I know I could end the sermon right there but listen you know what I call that instant intimacy instant intimacy and I know some of you guys are thinking Abe I literally cannot I can't do it man my job my whatever I can't I, I not even five minutes and I would tell you that if that's you you have some really big issues to tackle in life. Because if you can't do that for five minutes at a time for any purpose, whether it be to grab breakfast with your wife or to uh, uh, just spend time with your friends or to spend time with God, to spend time with whoever, if you can't do that, then there are some pretty important issues that you have to address in your life. This is what uh, King David, what he writes in in Psalm chapter 42. Actually, it's not King David. It's it's another uh, author that contributed to the Psalms. This is what he says. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go stand before him? This author says, man, I thirst for God. I have such a need for him. And what he was able to identify is the angst And the anxiety that we feel in our lives sometimes where we don't know how to solve that issue if we're not careful we will just pray all of our problems away and we'll just wish that god would solve every issue in our lives for us and really all along what's wrong with us it's not our problems it's our lack of our intimacy with god and if we spent time alone with him we would be better off than if all our problems disappeared I would rather have time alone with God and fight against all the problems outside than to have all my problems gone and not spend any time with God. That's what I've realized because it scratches an itch that I can't scratch for myself. Time alone with him can make it happen. So here's my challenge, all right? If you guys were here last week for Ryan, Ryan gave us the one week challenge of no complaining, right? He said, don't complain for one week. Wow. Right? I'm gonna give you another challenge and it's gonna seem like I'm going against what Ryan said, okay, but I promise I'm not. Here's my challenge to you. Complain as much as you want. (laughs) Have all of it. Have all of it. I'm telling you, complain, complain, complain. This is why I'm your favorite pastor, right? (laughs) Ryan, what a dud. Don't complain (laughs) for a week. Come on, complain as much as you want. Let the people have what they want. But it comes with a caveat, okay? West End, pay attention. You can complain as much as you want but only to God, Amen. only to God, only to him. We have the example here. We have the example, David goes before God's presence and he says, God, kill everybody. Just take <laughs> care of him, wipe them out. But what's special is uh, David has the opportunity to say, but God, if there's something about me. So here's the thing, complain to God. Write it down, jot it down, don't forget it, but don't complain to your friends, complain to him, and then ask yourself that question. God, is there something about me? Why am I anxious? Maybe you're anxious because you lack integrity, maybe because you lack inspiration, maybe because you lack intimacy. Figure it out with God. And I promise you can do something about some of the anxiety that you're experiencing. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time that we get to spend together. Lord, I echo the fact that times like this, as we gather at Missouri City, at West End, if someone's joining us online, this is time of inspiration, God, where we can be reminded of the fact that you are very much interested in us, in our issues, in our problems, in our anxiety. So God, I just pray that we would be able to walk through this anxiety diagnostic and that we would be willing to ask ourselves the tough questions about the feelings that we feel. And God, I just pray that someone here today would grow in their intimacy with you.